from the Western Riverside Council of Governments. I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CODcast. The homeless point-in-time count is federally mandated by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, also known as HUD, to count and survey the sheltered and unsheltered homeless populations in cities and counties throughout the nation. The 2020 Riverside County homeless point-in-time count will take place on Wednesday, January 29th. And to share more about this event, we have joining us on the podcast today, Laura Gonzalez-Rivera, social service planner and the 2020 point-in-time count coordinator from the county of Riverside. So Laura, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having us, Rachel. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How long have you lived in Riverside County? I have lived in Riverside County 15 years. Okay. Um, I currently live in Moreno Valley. Okay. Awesome. Where did you live before that? I grew up in San Bernardino. Oh, okay. So close. Uh, yeah. I grew up in San Bernardino, but then I went to school in San Diego okay. where I lived several years. Awesome. And then um, what's your favorite thing about the Inland Empire since you've, you were acclimated to both counties? I really like living here because, first of all, my family's here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have family in, in Beaumont and in San Bernardino as mm-hmm. well. So it's really nice to be close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because I've already established some really good connections um, in terms of my work with um, different organizations in San Bernardino and Riverside. So it's, it's really nice to, to be familiar with the area. So how many years have you been a part of the homeless point in time count or maybe just even worked with the homeless population? I am very new to the homeless population. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is my second year coordinating the count and the second year really learning about the homeless population. Okay, awesome. So jumping more into the discussion, um, can you just explain really on a basic level what the homeless point in time count is? Yes, definitely. The point in time count is a collaboration between the county's continuum of care, or COC, Riverside County's DPSS, Department of Public Social Services, city leaders, law enforcement, and the community in general. And the point in time count is really just a countywide effort to survey individuals experiencing homelessness in Riverside County. It includes a sheltered count and an unsheltered count, which means that we're going to focus our efforts on going into the streets and counting those individuals living in the streets, but we also include numbers about individuals living in shelters. For the day of the count, our focus is, is the individuals living in the streets. And we focus on um, individuals that are living in their cars, living in the streets, living in tents, in parks and campgrounds, um, under bridges, at bus stops, and any other place not meant for human habitation. Mm -hmm. So that is our focus on the day of the count. Um, Every city has a deployment site and a city leader that works with local law enforcement to create maps and locations where individuals uh, are living. And the importance of having the cities participate is that they are the experts. They know where um, individuals experiencing um, Mm -hmm. homelessness live, and sometimes they even have a connection to them. So it's more effective for them to uh, participate and implement the count in their their city. Mm Definitely. So just to make sure I'm understanding you correctly, so um, the county is kind of the hub and then it helps or facilitates coordination through all the different cities. Is that right? 
That is correct. Uh, the county or, or Riverside's DPSS department is, is really just involved as the coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with the continuum of care. Um, because a continuum of care receives um, HUD funding, HUD requires that uh, they implement a point-in-time count. Mm-hmm. The county is just serves as a coordinator to provide support and guidance mm-hmm. about HUD requirements to every city leader, and um, to provide support in any way that they that they need. I see. So, um, in my research beforehand, I noticed that there was um, a youth homeless point in time count. So, can you explain what that is and maybe how it differs from the general homeless point in time count? Uh, yes, there is definitely a youth point in time count. It has a very similar implementation um, with volunteers and deployment site leaders. However, we understand that youth have a very different experience when it comes to homelessness. And our goal is to work with uh, youth friendly volunteers mm-hmm. and service providers because they have a, a very important skill um, in engaging youth. Uh, youth tend to um, be very very vulnerable when they're, when they're out in the streets mm-hmm. um, and they do their best and actually do a really good job at blending in. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more difficult to find youth experiencing homelessness. Uh, they tend not to access services the way they the way that adults do, um, and some of the youth are in school. So the the way that we implement the point the youth point in time count is a little different to meet the needs of of the youth that we are trying to count. Yeah, and so just a follow up question to that: How are some of the strategies different from the youth point in time count versus the um, more general homeless point in time count? Well, the youth point in time count it takes um, place. On the same day, it begins on the same day as the general count, mm-hmm. but it is a three-day or a multi-day count. I see. And then the time that the point-in-time count is um, implemented as well. The general point-in-time count is implemented in the morning, 5.30 to 9.30 a.m., mm-hmm. whereas the youth point-in-time count begins 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. I see. Got it. Also, the locations of where we go to identify homeless youth is different. We tend to go to libraries, mm-hmm. malls, those types of locations where we've, we know that they're going to um, congregate and, and hopefully we can survey them. So um, can you explain a little bit more of the why? So why is the point in time count important and what impact does it have? Like I mentioned before, The point-in-time count is a requirement of the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. And really the importance of the point-in-time count is that in order to continue receiving federal funding for homeless programs, the continuum of care is required to implement a point-in-time count. Um, um, Point-in-time count data play a critical role in the continuum of care program competition. So the COC has to submit an application to HUD every year. Mm. And HUD really takes uh, a look at the point-in-time count data because it really demonstrates the progress that um, the county is making in terms of addressing homelessness. Um, it really gives a snapshot of what the the homeless population looks like in, in Riverside County. I see. So it's definitely the point in time count goes hand in hand with even potential funding sources then. Yes, it definitely does for federal and state as well. Um, they use the, da- the data that we submit to HUD. Mm-hmm. 
So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but can you explain a little bit more about the role differences between the county and the city? Yes, definitely. Like I mentioned before, the city's role is very important. Uh, they know their community. They know where individuals experiencing homelessness stay, and they have a connection with the, with some of these individuals. So their input is, is very important. Um, our goal is to facilitate the implementation of the count in a way that is going to um, be easy for the city leaders, the deployment site leaders that that are selected. Um, we bring to the table key stakeholders in the form of point-in-time count planning meetings. We do our best to obtain their input about how to best proceed in implementing the count. We provide them with materials. We provide them with volunteers. Our efforts are really just to help and to make their city point-in-time county success. Mm -hmm. So I anticipate that with um, the breadth of Riverside County and the number of cities that um, a lot of volunteers are needed for this effort. Is that true? Yeah, like I mentioned, um, a, a key role in the implementation of the point-in-time counter volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would not be able to implement such a such a large effort, mm-hmm. a large countywide effort, without volunteers. So we do begin a volunteer recruitment phase um, during uh, the planning of the point-in-time count, um, and our goal is to recruit uh, 700 volunteers for the 2020 point-in-time count. Across Riverside County? Countywide, definitely, okay. yes. And we have found that the community really steps up. Mm-hmm. They want to help. They're always um, calling to, to say, how can I be part of this event? So we really do see that interest in the community, and um, it really helps. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So is there training for volunteers or people who want to come and help for the homeless point-in-time count? Yes, we believe that training is important. We do get a lot of individuals that are new to the count. They're not familiar at all. And they receive a training to let them know why we're doing the count, explain to them that safety is a priority when they're out in the morning, um, county individuals experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way for them to have their questions answered and hopefully to make them feel comfortable about participating in the count, that they know they're going to be safe, that they know there's going to be law enforcement escorts, mm-hmm. that they know they're not going to be alone, mm-hmm. and that ultimately this information will benefit the county. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So um, can you maybe just paint a picture of what a volunteer could expect if they do take part in the homeless point in time count? The first step in becoming a volunteer is accessing our website, um, which is www.rivcoexchange.com. Mm-hmm. In that website, um, anybody that's interested in participating can register for either the general account or the youth count. Um, there are four minimum requirements to be a volunteer. We want their experience to be the best, and we have found that these minimum requirements are are important. One is that they have a smartphone because the point-in-time count is conducted on a smartphone um, and that they're able to download the survey, the Riverside County survey, um, on their phone. The second requirement is that they are able to walk up to two hours when they're canvassing 
the communities. There are some areas that can be a little rough, so we want them to be okay and not not um, hurt themselves when they're out mm-hmm. um, counting. Um, the individual also has to be able to attend an online training or an in-person training because we once again want them to feel comfortable using the Survey123 app as well as feeling um safe about going out into the community. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth requirement is that they have to be 18 years or over. However, if they're 16 to 17 years old, they can participate if they're accompanied by an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they register, they select a city that they would like to be part of, the count. Um, Once they register, they can also determine if they want to participate in the online training or an in-person training. Um, They attend the training. The trainings are going to be held um, in the month of January. Um, Once they are um, registered and have attended the training, they will be assigned to a city to count. They will be given the information about the deployment site that they are assigned to Mm -hmm. and the name of the deployment site leader the time of the check-in for the day of the count, which is Wednesday, January 29th, mm-hmm. 2020. And on that day, they will they will show up. Once they're at the deployment site, they will receive a quick safety debrief by law enforcement to once again remind them that our priority is their safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will be assigned to a certain area to go and count as a team. Mm-hmm. That is the most important Point, I think sometimes individuals think that they're going to be asked to go into the community by themselves, and that's not the case. We They form teams to make sure everyone's together, and they go out together and come back together. Mm-hmm. Um, once they cover the area that they have been assigned to, then they return to the deployment site and their day is done. Um, also, it's important to note that sometimes uh, volunteers may be a little dis discouraged or disappointed that they may not have encountered as many individuals experiencing homelessness as they would have thought. Um, Our feedback to them is that they went out there and didn't find anybody. That's a good thing. (laughs) Um, And it really was also helpful because then we can report to HUD. This area does not have any zero Mm -hmm. individuals uh, Mm -hmm. living in the street. So that's a, a, a positive note. Definitely. So switching gears, can you share a bit about what trends um, or what data has been collected through the homeless point in time count in the past couple of years? Yes, the the data for the point in time count, like we mentioned before, is very important. Um, we work with the University of California, Riverside or UCR to help us with the analysis portion of the point in time count. Just recently, we started working with them and they developed some great dashboards with very important information about the um, point in time count. Um, That information is divided by districts as well as by unsheltered versus um, sheltered data. And it really gives us an idea about trends and the progress that Riverside County is making in addressing homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, the most recent dashboard includes data from beginning 2015 to 2019. And so we're able to see some some trends and some information about um, our homeless population, um, specifically veterans, 
youth, 18 to 24 year olds, chronically homeless population, families with children, mm-hmm. and elderly population. Mm-hmm. So as we continue working with UCR, um, they're really going to help us move forward in terms of looking at trends mm-hmm. of, of our homeless population, as well as, um, like I mentioned, some of those subpopulations of interest Mm -hmm, definitely so with those subpopulations if you will like the better like veterans or um, families with children or youth um, what what are some of the trends that you see with those different areas yes like I mentioned before Riverside County's DPSS website includes previous point in time count reports Mm -hmm. that includes all of the data that was collected on for that count Um, And recently, we have begun developing the dashboards that give a lot of information about the about the count. Um, The most recent one that can be found includes data from 2015 to 2019. Mm -hmm. And it will include information about last year's count, for example, 2019, the total count was 2,811 individuals, 2,000, a little bit over 2,000 were unsheltered. Mm -hmm. It includes information that is um, focusing on the unsheltered population trends for veterans, for youth, um, for elderly, like I mentioned before. Um, And it also collects a lot of demographic information. So as we move forward, we'll be able to work with UCR for them to focus on those trends and be able to provide or generate very informational uh, reports. Okay, awesome. And will those reports be um, available to the public or is that more for the county's use? The reports are definitely available um, to public use, including our city leaders, because mm-hmm. they really also, um, are, their feedback to us is they're writing mm-hmm. reports and applying for funding and using PIT data mm-hmm. as, as part of their um, proposals. So we definitely want to make sure that they have access to the data. Mm-hmm. It does take us a couple of months after the um, we collect um, the the information to generate the reports and to Mm -hmm. get them ready. But we are looking forward to uh, making or preparing those reports quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that the dashboards are ready, we can just um, put in the new information and the reports will be ready and um, provided to city leaders in a timely manner. Right. Totally. Well, that's really encouraging to hear. Um, well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing a little bit about Riverside County's homeless point in time count. It's been really informative, um, even in just understanding more of the purpose and impact that the point in time count really can have, especially in regards to funding opportunities. Do you have any final remarks before we sign off? No, just thank you very much for having us and giving us this opportunity to share a little bit about our efforts for the point in time count. And if there are any questions ever, the, anybody can contact us. Another way that the community can help the point in time count is that after we interview every person on the day of the count, we do give them a, what we refer to as an incentive pack. It's basically a bag full of um, cold weather items like hats and gloves and some hygiene items. And sometimes we find it difficult to um, have enough of those um, packs. So if anybody is interested in donating socks or hats, 
um, to the point in time count, that's something that we could definitely use and, and they would be helping us immensely. Mm-hmm. There is a point in time count hotline available, um, which is area, area code 951-358-3844. And if there are any other questions, they can always reach out to us and we'll be happy to help um, answer any questions they may have. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. For more information on the Riverside County Homeless Point-in-Time Count, please visit the website at www.rivcoexchange.com. For more information on WRCOG, please visit www.wrcog.us.